0: Please dive in. Hey, folks, welcome back to the one and only Uncivilized Podcast. This is Trey am your host. And today I'm diving into the topic of conscious entrepreneurship with my good friend, my brother, podcast sponsor, CEO, Joe Sheehy. Now, I've known Joe for a number of years now. Again, he's in the Uncivilized Six. He has been from the beginning. Uh, he and I taught some workshops before COVID hit. We are, we are family. And what's been fascinating about knowing Joe is watching him take an idea, like literally take an idea and turn it into a multi-million dollar company in a very short time. Now, that's interesting. But what's more interesting, and I know what you're going to get out of this conversation, is what do you do then? What do you do to sustain a multi-million dollar business? what do you do to sustain a staff to grow a staff? How do you have really hard conversations? What are the systems in place that you need to have? What are the values of the business? what are the, the structures of the business So Joe and I are going to dive into how he's built cured. what are some of the challenges that have come up from building cured? And what are some of the foundational principles that you all can take away and apply to your families, to your business, to your coaching practice, whatever it may be. This is really, really valuable conversation. Again, this is not someone who's going to be spitting theory. This is someone who's going to tell you exactly how things work in his business and what's worked and not worked in his business. So before I get to Joe Sheehy, let me also say, he, Cured Nutrition, is the sponsor of this show. If you want CBD products, amazing CBD products, please go to curednutrition.com forward slash uncivilized and use the code uncivilized. It helps me, it helps Joe, it helps the podcast, and it will help you. They have great stuff. And as I said, like I knew Joe and respected Joe and loved Joe before I knew shit about Cured. And before cured new shit about this podcast, so I, I know we're in the right place here. All right, five folks. Without further ado, it is my great pleasure to bring you back for the second time, Joe Sheehy. Joe Sheehy, welcome back to the Uncivilized Podcast. It is an absolute pleasure to see you, brother. For those of you who don't know you, those people who don't know you, that you are a repeat guest. You were in God, maybe like the first month of this podcast on an unplugged episode, which blew people away when you shared your story of depression, of dealing with suicide, of how you came up with the courage to leave an industry and start cured. So welcome back, brother. It is truly a pleasure.
1: Thanks, brother. Love you. Happy to be here. Stoked to be here. Stoked to be back on the show for round yeah. two.
0: And a lot's changed in your life, hasn't it?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> The sure has
0: grown, and there's. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what else may be going on on your side of the fence.
1: Yeah, uh, so I guess I was going to say had had a baby.
0: Yeah, oh, I yeah. Remember.
1: <laughs> But I mean, even before that, I, I married since I was last on the show, and you know, moved into a home with my wife, and then we had a, a daughter this January, and so those are big life things that whenever I reflect on those happening in parallel to owning a business, I, I have to give myself a pat on the back every once in a while, because it's been a lot of just amazing progressions in life that I'm so proud of, but so just humbled by, and the birth of yeah. Amber has called me into more and more Mm. Uh, the man that I want to be. So it's, it's been a beautiful journey over the last several years. And definitely this year, since Ember was born in January. Yeah.
0: Awesome. 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 And I will tell you that the picture you sent us all of cranky Ember is now like, I show that to Katie whenever I feel like she's being a little bit <laughs> <laughs> That's the exact less than ideal. I just like, Oh, are we, we, are we cranky Ember this morning? Uh, so thank that you, for face that. She's absolutely
1: adorable. <laughs> that face, that face is a perfect manifestation of the feeling inside of I'm grumpy. I yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Okay, that, love it. That's exactly what that looks like, huh? <laughs> well, I I also love that you said I need to give myself some credit and give yourself some grace. I a big part of one of the reasons or big part of the reason I want to have you back on is to talk about how you navigate. I mean, your business has gone from zero to uh, like an international entity in very few years. And you've gone from a single dude with an idea to a married dude with a child in that same time. Is Is it a fair question even to ask how the hell have you managed all of that? Or what have you used to manage all of that in a way that, I mean, you're sane, you're healthy, you're conscious, you're in great shape, you're... It it feels like you're, you're doing the, you've done the work perhaps to make it so that this is possible. And you're not like a deep shadow, you know, not, we know of, you're not jerking off eight times a day. You don't have like a secret Coke habit or like a pregnant secretary or any of like the normal shit that guys do to fuck up their success <laughs> when yeah. things get complicated and yeah, what's kind of been your guiding light with that,
1: man. And this is something that I have shared with you, you know, and in- in men's group and sitting in a circle but my discipline has always existed the way in which I've forced myself into discipline action and and when, when I say that I mean with my health with the way that I treat my body with the way that I move my body with the way that I go on walks with the the books and the podcasts and the things that I absorb like the how I nurture my body and the discipline action to stay in those routines have always been the entity that pushed me and allow me to handle stress and be resilient mm. through the course of my life. The way in which my, my discipline has always existed, but for a long time, it was coming out of shame and out of mm. self hatred. And so okay. I was like, you, you have to do this. Like you're not enough. Right. You're, you know, belittling and just not being nice to myself, not being kind to myself. And,
0: yeah.
1: and that way that that expressed itself in very other various other ways was very destructive and and a not a great way of being disciplined. But over the last several years, it's been okay. What does it take what, what makes me feel my best? What am I Mm. doing when I feel my best? And for me, it is doing those things to take care of myself, the non-negotiables and the promises that I make to myself in keeping those like that. For me, if I make a promise to myself to take care of myself, to go to the gym, to spend time with my wife, to eat a certain way. And I don't keep that promise And that can be the same thing as, Hey, I'm going to follow up with this person. I'm not going to allow somebody to cross this line for me, Mm. but you let those things happen and you break those promises really at the end of the day, it's just grinding and chipping away at the trust that I have in myself. So Mm. by being disciplined, by keeping promises to myself within taking care of myself and moving this body and fueling this body in the way it needs to that's how I stay resilient. And it's not like, it's definitely not a perfect implementation, but it helps and it helps and it helps guide my day-to-day mindset and the way that I show up.
0: Yeah. So would you say it's like the foundation of it? Is it the supporting cast or is it kind of like what you've built an extraordinary life upon is the idea that you keep the promises that you make to yourself?
1: Yeah, I didn't know this at the time, but as I shared in my first podcast with you, when I found myself on the edge of the bridge, ready to end my life and ready to completely give up, I used to describe it as like, there was this person that I wanted to be. And then there was this person that I was that showed it up on a day-to-day basis. And like Mm -hmm. the divide between those two people was massive. You actually helped me with this. We, We discussed this at one point and we were just discussing integrity. And yeah. being, being who it is, you say you are. And for myself back in those college years, when I found myself be extremely depressed, it wasn't till now, eight, nine, almost 10 years afterwards, it was like, oh, it was a lack of integrity. It was a mm-hmm. lack of integrity. And I was trying to cover it up with something. And so integrity or being integrated in all parts of your life means that, like promises that you make to yourself don't get broken and and you are in integrity. And then you're not afraid of being exposed. You don't have to cover anything up, right? There's nothing to cover up.
0: Right. I think that's massive. Would you mind sharing? And I know this is perhaps like more of a meta question, but what's the process you have put into place to keep the promises to yourself? I think it's easy for a guy listening to this or a woman listening to this to hear, okay, I'll, I'll keep the promises I make to myself too mm-hmm. until tomorrow morning when I wake up and go, well, I don't really need to go to the gym. I don't really want to take the supplements. I don't want to meditate or journal or do the thing. How yeah. do you hold yourself accountable to being accountable? I know it's kind of a fucked up question, but
1: no, it's great. I honestly, it's a, cause let, let me like, let's be real. I'm not perfect. And I don't sure. keep the promises to myself all the time, but I use that as my guiding star. And one of my mentors, okay. uh, Ed, Mylett, he always says this, he always says, if things are starting to go wrong, if you feel like things are slipping, if you're having those days where you feel like you're lighting everything on fire and you slam your finger in the door, and then this goes wrong. And then this person says that, and like, you're attracting a bunch of negative energy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can't, reflect, but a lot of the times what you need to do is be able to reflect on what you stopped doing and not mm-hmm. yesterday, but like 30, 60, 90 days ago. Cause typically when something's going wrong or you find yourself in a place where you're not showing up as the person that you want to be, it's not what you did yesterday. It's not mm-hmm. what you did the day before. It's what you've been doing for 30, 60, 90 days or what you stopped doing what you stopped doing like you stopped you know you stopped meditating you stopped and like let's be real like not not none of these meditation nutrition working out none of them is like the end all be all it's going to solve all your problems but what it is Mm. is the the confidence that you have in yourself to uh make yourself feel feel better feel good feel like we're supposed to feel. And, yeah. and that was huge for me when I heard that was like, it's not what you didn't do yesterday, or it's not what you did right. yesterday. It's what you did 90 days ago, 120 mm. days ago, or you stopped doing. So for yeah, me, really important. I would say it like I had to first create that awareness. And then when I find myself like wanting to light the world on fire, I'm like, okay, like, I need to reflect, like, what did I stop doing? Or what have I been doing that I said I wasn't going to do? And the guiding star is like, make a promise to yourself, keep the promise. And if you don't keep it, like, hold yourself accountable, do the self audit and tell yourself the truth. Um, And that's been something like a muscle that I've had to work because that, that, that hasn't always been me. It's yeah. I'm used to be a professional projector.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's not me. It's It's everybody else's fault. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I love, you know, I've talked to guys a number of times and saying trust is simply consistent action plus time. Mm. You consistently do what you say you're going to do over a period of time. You're going to start trusting yourself. And then that trust is the building block of confidence. Mm. People yeah. are always like, well, how do I get more confident? How do, do I like walk into a room and pull my shoulders back? Do I take deep breaths? Like, get up in the morning and do the shit you say you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And it's this magical thing that like, wow, I feel better. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of myself. I trust myself. And that gets, that's is that walks into a room 10 feet before you do and is undeniable. Yeah. Joe, one um, of the things I love about your, like what you're portraying or, or let's, for lack of a better term on social media is so much of the values of the, like you literally have the values of cured painted on the wall of your office and are repetitively like, you know, for someone who follows like, wow, he's posting that picture again, talking about the values. Would you mind sharing with the audience from a business perspective and a personal perspective, how you guys came up with the value system for cured and why bringing it forward so often is so important to you.
1: Yeah. I love, I love talking about this because it was crucial to, looking at how I changed my life years and years ago, as in editing my life and making decisions. A lot of the times, like answers to questions are never simple, right? They're always nuanced. And especially in business, when the, you know, you can have mentors, you can have, you can read all the books, but most of the time you're not going to know exactly what to do when situations come up. and a way in which you as a leader of a company can make decisions is by recognizing like what you value. And when you understand what you value and you can recognize in other people when they're either upholding those values or not, then you can edit your life based on their ability to uphold those. So that's like in a day-to-day life, I should say. But within business, it's so helpful for me because rather than saying that that person is wrong or that person's a bad person, we correct behaviors and make decisions based off of whether the behavior from the person was in alignment with core values or not. Or Mm. we have a difficult situation with a customer and they ran into an issue where we shipped them the wrong product or a product broke or something happened that maybe at the end of the day wasn't fully our, so fully our responsibility, like say FedEx broke a package Mm -hmm. that we shipped and Mm -hmm. we go, Oh, well, like, yeah, FedEx like fucked up the package and that's not our problem. Or we could say, well, we'll take full responsibility for this. We'll go the extra mile and we'll do the, do what's right. That's one of our core values. So our three core values that we established that we then have a bunch of sayings that you're alluding to that are posted on the wall, our responsibility, service, and nature. Mm. And we came up with those based off of, to be completely honest, values that I operate my life off of. And then the sayings that we like my business and my personal life, they're one and the same thing. So sure. it was a value that I had and a value that I guided all of my decisions to bring people into the company and times in which I failed to follow those turned into bad situations. So mm-hmm. we believe that we have a responsibility to serve others in this lifetime to help them feel their best based on supplements that we've created from nature and Mm. the core values and statements that we have below those are ideas of responsibility what does it mean to be responsible what does it mean to act out of service and what does it mean to truly value nature like okay so nature is powerful our products can be based on nature but like what's our true nature as human beings like Mm. are we all one collective consciousness and one Race? Are we all the human race? Like we believe that. And that's how we guide our decisions on who represents the company and how we operate as a team. Are you leaning on your teammates? Are you asking your teammates for help? Are you holding your teammates accountable? All of those things are so important. And for us to run into difficult situations, or my employees to run into a situation where they have a question and don't have to ask myself or ask my business partner what to do because they look at the core values and they know how to make a decision. And it all comes down to being in integrity and actually operating by those because posting them on the wall is one thing, but actually living by them and holding people to them is a completely other thing. So yeah. that's that's core values have been crucial to us. And we actually just implemented those right in the beginning of COVID. And the amount of we use them multiple times a week, if not multiple times a day. And I would say that they've been transformative for the company.
0: Huh. Would you mind sharing how you use them multiple times a week and multiple times a day? Like, is it that you bring them up in conversations or you ask the team about them? Like what's some of the the day-to-day implementation of that?
1: Yeah. So, uh, one of the core about like, One of the statements that stems from responsibility is take initiative. In your role, you have a responsibility to take initiative. And there's two ways taking initiative comes up. You can take initiative because you identify a problem and you can start to take initiative to help find a solution. Or on the flip side, you see an opportunity for the company and you take initiative to pursue that path. But each individual's uh, role, that is within their responsibility. So for example, we've been experiencing as most people in this world, interesting times on social media, on Instagram, and we've been shadow banned and censored and we don't get as many views as we used to. So one of uh, my employees took initiative and started posting on TikTok. Okay. Like we're on another social media channel, but it was initiative. It was an opportunity. We recognized a problem and she said, Oh, we can do this. So that's like something that happens on a day-to-day basis. But then from a customer service standpoint, um, that that's all the time, you know, people are always reaching out. They're always asking questions. They might have an issue and we say, okay, well, we're here to serve these people and, We will go the extra mile to solve their problem. And regardless of what happened, we always do what's right. So my Mm. teams that are my teammates that are in fulfillment and customer service, they deal with the customers all the time and they make decisions on their own all the time based on knowing that, well, there's, there's a right and a wrong here. And we're always going to do what's right. Even if it's the Mm. harder thing to do, even if it's the most inefficient thing to do.
0: Yeah. Good for you, man. I I so appreciate how you run your business and, and recognize that I imagine this is lovely to put on the wall and great to talk to your teammates about and your team about, but there's gotta be times when you are rubbing up against shit. If we follow this value, this is going to cost us some money, or this is going to cost us a relationship, or this is going to cost us a promotion. Uh, what do you draw upon, or, or how have you inspired your team to say, "Okay, you know what? Fuck it. These values are way more important than this five hundred dollars or this influencer who is working with us who we no longer want to work 000. with." Or, yeah, how, eighty F- thousand dollars. <laughs> Fifty. Yeah, real real money, right? Yeah. What do you? And, and I'm not, I'm I'm just I want people to walk away from this going, okay. I need to do this and I need to understand the price of doing it and I want to get to that decision point where it's $80,000 or we stick to the value. Mm-hmm. What is it that you draw upon to stick with that value?
1: Mhm. Well, I think the foundation of any operating system, a family, a business with employees is trust. Like we have to trust mm-hmm. each other. And if we can't trust each other, we're probably going to fail we're standing on a very unstable foundation and if i don't uphold the values that are on the wall and my employees don't see me uphold the values well then they're not necessarily going to trust me and the business might work for a while but it's probably going to be a really dysfunctional family because if people don't trust each other well they're probably not telling each other the truth they're probably not bringing Mm. problems up they're probably afraid of conflict And at the end of the day, that business isn't going to work the way in which it actually can. So, you know, it's, it's been hard. It's been really hard because we have run into situations like recently where I was like, well, I have an investor and he just completely broke one of our core values. And I had just hired this new employee and I told her, these are our core values. This is why we have these core values And I said, oh, wow. Okay, well, is his money and the potential sales that can be generated from him more valuable than me upholding my values and showing this new employee that this is how we operate? And I mean, we even discussed this in men's group. I shared it with you guys and I was like, I know, like, this is what I have to do. And the way in which morale can be boosted when Somebody operates, myself or anybody operates true to core values, morale goes through the roof, even if it's a tough situation. Because honestly, like it was a difficult decision. It was a very uh, impactful decision and unfortunately negative for the short term in business. But it's a short term, it's one of those like short term losses for long term trust and stability and eventual success. And that's like the Like reflection of, uh, well, I made this decision here and it's it's sucking right now and it's going to suck for a little while. But I bet when I look back later down the road, I'll be so happy that I made that decision.
0: Yeah. That's, but that takes some maturity, brother. Like that takes some real maturity and some real faith in yourself that, okay, I see the big picture. I I know in order to get where I want to get, there's going to be these tests and bumps in the road and they hurt, but it, you know, passing them or however you want to say, it, navigating them with the integrity of your team intact, I think is is the only way to get there mm-hmm. because we, we've seen how many companies get to the top and then burn themselves to the ground.
1: You can go burn themselves to the
0: ground, right. Or they get, they get anywhere and burn themselves to the ground. Hope you're loving this conversation with Joe. Let me please remind you to go to curednutrition.com forward slash uncivilized. And please use the code uncivilized to get yourself a discount. A number of you have also said that the Three Horsemen podcast, a solo that I did a couple weeks ago was really, really impactful. If you haven't listened to that one, please go search it out and listen to it next. All right, back to Joe. Joe, talk to me about just this concept of conscious, conscious entrepreneurship And what it means to you, because you're clearly living it, you're clearly exemplifying it, but as an overarching idea rather than the specifics of core values and some of the things people have heard. When you hear that term, conscious entrepreneurship, what do you think and and how do you want to see that embodied?
1: The first thing that I thought about was awareness and just awareness of how you're viewed as a company and as an individual that leads a company inside and out. And I I think that without awareness and consciousness, I don't think that even if you are solving a, I don't think, I think you can solve short-term problems in business Mm -hmm. without Consciousness, but having a product that works, but I don't think you solve long-term problems and Mm -hmm. actually leave a legacy and can truly say that this is something that you are proud of because the short, I think that it's a, it's a wild thing to think about the way in which social media works and the way in which social media has heavily contributed to how I operate my business. I have a lot of people that represent my company on social media. And that landscape has changed a lot over the years. It used to be a lot easier to sell a product to anybody based off of somebody saying that they're using a product, like being an influencer. And the reason that it has changed is because people are becoming more and more aware, so they're not influenced just by a problem by a solution mm-hmm. because somebody else is doing it. Conscious mm-hmm. entrepreneurship requires that it's not a band-aid. It's an actual long-term fix that leaves a legacy. And I think that wow. without that awareness, you are not actually operating from a conscious standpoint because you're not you're not building your life for the long term. You're building a life mm-hmm. for the short term fill a short-term dopamine hit that goes away. And that, I think that that is no different than any other addiction at the end of the day. Uh, Um, So yeah, I don't, I, I think that conscious entrepreneurship is, requires a new way of being a leader that. I think it requires a new way of leading companies for true long lasting impact and legacy and actual true, true change in this world, because true change and a true legacy from a business means that, for example, if you were teaching somebody a way of living that they change and they stay that way forever, they don't have to come back and you're it's like your returning customer rate is zero because your success rate is perfect. Like somebody comes to you and they actually change your life. And can that actually, does that actually happen? Like very small chance that that's ever going to be the case, but I think it moves us in that direction. I think that it starts to really actually change the way in which we view the world and the way in which the way in which we can actually realize that we really do have an impact on this world Mm -hmm. and the future but it's going to take a long time and it's going to take the the micro decisions that come from a conscious standpoint that will then, you know, when we look back, not 90 days, 90 years say, okay, well, we started to branch this way and we started to go the right way. And I think that's the only way that I think that's the only way that the world actually changes, but that's the only way that an individual changes. And when an individual changes and he's surrounded by he or she is surrounded by, a tribe of people, then the tribe starts to change. And then the tribe starts to change and then the community bigger at large and the world can actually change, but it all starts like here. And so for me, that's what conscious entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship requires a conscious way of leading. And you have to be an aware, you have to have an awareness of who you are and what you're doing and how you guide your life based off of values to, to create that mission.
0: Mm. I think it's uh, well said. Uh, first of all, yeah, that was a tough question, but well said. It it feels like it. For everybody from the ground to the top has to be aware of the process and following th- those rules. And it's it's a beautiful way to run a company. And yet, it's just like a beautiful. Like, how do you define a conscious relationship? Mm-hmm. You're going to talk about everything. <laughs> And you're going you're gonna to put like nothing's hidden, nothing's secret. What's the challenge of a conscious relationship? You're going to fucking talk about everything. And there's nothing swept under the rug. There's no, It's, it's all out on the table. Uh, I think it's a great way to run a business and appreciate you as a model uh, to follow for it because you're, you're really at the forefront of, you know, for, for a, a, I know you. For a guy that walked out of you know an aerospace company with a handful of herbs. This is a really unique culture that you've created. It's a really unique business that you've created, but it's not just a flash in the pan, like cool, I was in the CBD market when CBD was hot. And then two years later, like, well, what are you doing? Well, oh, I'm bartending. Yeah. You know, I saw that with a lot of CrossFit gyms. As what are you guys doing now? Like, oh, we we like I work at a brewery or you know, like I and back to accounting. Why? Because ah, the business didn't make it like, well, what was the problem? Well, my business partner and I just didn't get along. Oh, you guys couldn't communicate. Mm. You guys didn't have a system to follow. You didn't have values to follow. Did you ever think walking out of, uh, was it Raytheon
1: Lockheed Martin Is that
0: who? Lockheed Martin? Yeah. Did you ever think, okay, fast forward a couple years, I'm going to have like people's livelihoods. I'm going to be responsible for, I'm going to have, millions of customers all over the world who are changing their life through my product yeah. and i'm going to literally be affecting that many folks was it like a, a dream or was it even a night was it part of the idea or, or had you not thought that far ahead
1: i hadn't i hadn't thought that far ahead to be yeah. fully like transparent i was there was so much i didn't know and i have learned since starting a business that in the beginning, it was like, oh, cool. I have five months of money and let's see how long I can survive. (laughs) And I have kind of an idea of what I want this to be. I know I want to help people. I know I want to, honestly, it's, it's all been a process because from the time I found myself on the edge of the bridge to the time that I quit working at Lockheed Martin to today has been 10 years, but the time wow. from the bridge to leaving Lockheed Martin was five years. And mm-hmm. then the business is now in its fourth and a half, almost fifth year. And what I, what I realized over the course of time through doing my own work and going to therapy and figuring out who I was and figuring out why I was the way I was was literally just talking about it. Like you have this, you have this piece of shame. You don't talk to this person when you want to say this to this person. And that builds resentment and the shame builds some resentment and all of these things are compartmentalized. And without talking about them and recognizing and truly just conveying, saying that this is real, this is what I've I've experienced, or this is what I've done. And this is what I have shame around. That that was crucial for me when i first started therapy and was leaving college but before even starting the company and then when i started the company it was i was talking to people about using specific cannabinoids and other things for their anxiety and for mm. uh recovery and i was like well there's like these cannabis products and then other people were telling me about uh using psilocybin and i was using psilocybin myself and creating a bunch of awareness around oh like I did that. And I probably like, should say, sorry to that person. I feel shame about it, Mm -hmm. but I didn't understand it until I was in, in a psilocybin journey, but the conversation around cannabis and the future of psychedelics, they've changed a lot and are very prominent now. But four, four years ago, when I would talk to people about them on podcast, it was the, what are we not talking about that we're doing in a way that I believe that this is a way that can benefit my life. And I don't believe it's a destructive behavior. And there's a stigma around the cannabis world and around um, even just functional mushrooms. And, And so it was like, why aren't people talking about this? We should probably talk about this, which was the exact same thing of, Oh, I've experienced these things in my life and I have shame around about them and I don't talk about them and I'm not showing up the way that I want to. So Mm -hmm. I could start to change by having those conversations about myself. Well, how can we start to change the world by having these conversations and start to shift the narrative around these industries and shift the image of like the Cheech and Chong stoner? Like, no, it's not that person, like it's this person, and it's this person that Mm -hmm. is, can be a person that is a a professional and has a stable family and a stable home life and a great relationship. Uh, but it was like the narrative was wrong. So mm-hmm. my narrative had been wrong. My narrative to myself had been wrong. I started to shift that in the same, it's the same through line to speak in like, I guess, Ted talk terms, like the through line is theirs. Let's talk about things that we should talk about that aren't talked about. Why aren't people talking about them? Can these things help people? Right. And that's like an underlying mission of Cure, Is How do how do we help people? And right. right. how do we help people in a way that maybe people aren't talking about? And the future yeah. for that is endless. It's not just a, it's not not just like CBD, right? A cannabinoid. So, did I envision being where we are now? No, but I did envision carrying that desire to have that mission and impact and. We'll see where it takes me. I mean, like, you know, something that I really enjoyed and was stoked about when you were sharing was like the uncivilized body, like uncivilized ethos is something that can be so expansive. It's, it's our bodies. How are we taking care of our bodies? It's, it's like full, fully integrated, full-fledged, like well-rounded and true health. Like what is true health? Yeah. It's not, it's not, we have, we have sick care. We don't have healthcare. Right. Right. So right, what's right. health care? Yeah. Yeah. I have a picture here
0: on my desk that I've been sitting on, uh, is a, a woman holding a sign that says, if you are healthy, they lose money. I and just saw that today. <laughs> right. And it popped it sparked my head of if everybody got healthy right now, what industries would fall apart? What would literally industry, industry, not just like the corner store, but what industries that have billions and billions and billions of dollars behind them, what would fall apart if we as a group got healthy and went, fuck, that is, there's a lot of incentive. And it's, this isn't a new conversation for us, but there's a lot of incentive to keep people unhealthy. It's Mm -hmm. financially incentivized. Uh, And it's that in itself makes me furious and makes me want to put my head through a wall. Joe, can you talk to the early stage entrepreneur? So the person listening to this, because I get a lot of people on this show or listening to the show who have like, okay, I just left my corporate job. I'm starting a company. I just left my thing. I'm starting a coaching practice. I'm I'm new to this game. And I, I don't want you to speak to like SEO and and KPIs and shit like that. But what did you as a human have to rub up against? as you got more and more successful that perhaps wasn't there to view and, and look at when you weren't successful. Cause I think in the beginning, it's a, it's a fucking shit show.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's like, I'll work seven days a week, 15 hours a day. I just need to, you said it. Like I remember my business partner and I ex-business partner at the gym. Every Friday we'd toast and be like, still in business. Like <laughs> the goal is to we get to next Friday week. and yeah. do this again. Right. Right. <laughs> So I think in the frenetic pace of that, you're not self-aware. You're just trying to get Mm -hmm. uh, to the next week. But as you became more and more successful and Cured became more and more successful, what did you have to now navigate that an entrepreneur may benefit from hearing?
1: Yeah. It always comes down to what drives, like you have to drive marketing. You have to advertise your company, right? You have to have marketing. The most powerful form of marketing is word of mouth marketing. And why is that the most powerful form of marketing? And how much does that actually cost? It, it all comes down to how people talk about the experience that they have with your brand. Mm -hmm. And when I look back at the beginning of the company, we used to ship so many people just free product because we were like, they're going to share it on social media. So it was like, what can we take from this? transaction Mm -hmm. rather than what can we give and so right now it's all about that that was crucial to starting the company it was we were giving so much away but we viewed it through the lens of we're giving this away because we're getting something back in return it was very transactional Mm -hmm. i had to realize that the reason i didn't know that that's how why the company was getting so much word of mouth Mm -hmm. it was it was literally because we were leading by just giving a bunch. And for, for an entrepreneur, like that might start with just literally one person. Mm -hmm. And when that's literally one person and you need three people to pay your bills this week, well, if you give so much to this person and you actually have, they, you actually give them an experience that's going to create some type of word of mouth, then your business is going to grow without you even thinking about how did I, Like, how do I replicate this marketing? The person that experiences it with you for the first time, then talks about it because of what you gave. Mm -hmm. And for me, I just used to be so transactional. It was like, just get the dollars and pay the bills. And it was not through the focus of like, what's the full experience from somebody following us on social media, to purchasing a product, to getting the product in the mail, to us following up with them, to sending them a letter. Everything we do now is about how does the customer really experience us and how are we gonna get them to talk about us? Because when they talk about us, our mission expands and it grows. But it was so transactional in the beginning and everything was Mm -hmm. transactional for me in the beginning. It was Mm -hmm. with hiring employees, What am I going to get from this employee rather than what am I going to invest in this employee and what can I, what can I build them into Mm -hmm. in the future and how is that going to change? So I was very, very, very transactional in the beginning. And now it's all about like, what's the intention behind this and how are we going to get individuals to talk about us? because If I I can jump
0: in in real quick, was that because in the beginning there and I don't want to use the, the spiritual term of like, Joe had a scarcity mindset. It was like, Joe had scarcity because Joe had bills to pay and didn't have revenue. So of course you had a reality mindset. Was it that? Like, what was the catalyst for the shift in your view of a client or or a view of everybody? Does that mm-hmm. make does that question make sense?
1: Yeah, well, I think that it comes back to What I was saying earlier, and it's not necessarily true with us, Like, it was about the returning customer. It was about Mm. people continuing to come back and continuing to show that they're voting. Yes, they're taking care of themselves through using our products, but they're voting with their dollars to be a part of what we're doing. And Mm. that, to me, in the beginning, it was just like customer after customer after customer, not customer- attention and how do we keep people around and continuing to to be here with us. So uh, scarcity, scarcity, yeah, I would also say like I'm not gonna lie in that we grew so fast, so quickly, because we saw something happening at a time that people, so many people were catching on to it. So we had an explosive beginning, but then we have had some difficult years trailing that. And for me, I had I always there was times where I used to get so frustrated. I was like, ah, if I just would have didn't done this or didn't do that, like mm. we'd be making 15, 20 million dollars. If I just sure. wouldn't have done that, but I always reflect and say, Well, if I would have done that, would I be the person I am today? Because I wouldn't have gone through this difficulty and felt like we were going out of business after being right. a multi-million dollar company and then feeling like we were going out of business and realizing that it's not about the dollars in the bank account. It's about the people that talk about you and the reason that people come back and what you're really doing. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's from, yeah, not not scarcity, but it's just like sure. it's yeah, yeah. It's intentional rather than transactional. It used to yeah, be so transactional.
0: That's yeah, that's that's a perfect frame. Uh, and I think especially in the beginning, people are how do I get, how do I get, how do I get how do I get my first client? How do I, how do I get to make more money? How do I, and I understand where it comes from. And I think even just giving people the, how do you, how much can you give is often not complete advice either, because there's so many people who enter this space and give, 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 and then never make the ask or don't, or they're giving from a place of like, well, I'm new and I suck and my stuff's not that good. So I should give it, I can't ask for money or I can't ask for return clients. So somewhere in between the two, I really like just how you said intentional of I'm going to give you this. And in return, I would like to get that from you. Uh,
1: When you ask for the transaction, after you've been intentional for long enough, there's no blocker. They go take all my money. Like, here's my wallet because you've like, you have to have both, right? Like you have to be able to lead with an intention that you're serving. But at the end of the day, like you're so confident in what you're bringing to this world that the transaction comes. Right. Give so Andy Priscilla says this. He says give so much away for free that people almost feel obligated to become your customer. I'm like mm. oh yeah, that's perfect. Like right. and not in a bad way, but in a way that like yeah, like I trust in this company. Yeah, I can see what this company is about.
0: Yeah, and I trust downstream. Like I'm giving you this and I know that the product that you're going to buy is going to blow your fucking mind. Yeah. And, and this product, like, once you get a taste of this, you're going to be coming back to that. Yeah, Joe, wh- I know this is sort of like a, a loaded interview question, but if you could go back to day one of opening cured and just give yourself one piece of advice that you wish you'd heard them that you didn't, what would it be?
1: People are the most important asset to the company over the product and over the profitability of that product. If mm. you don't have the right people, you are going to run into a very difficult situation, if not right away, but definitely down the road. And people make a company, people make a company, the company. And right. if people in the way in which they operate are not all in alignment, are not all going in the same direction, it's just. It's just not going to work. And I made, I made so many mistakes over the year and it was simply because, well, one, I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't know a lot, but also I was so afraid of not being liked. So I just kept people around. Right. Massive. So afraid of not being liked. And so this person, well, and yeah, their performance is not so good. The way that they're talking to this client, uh, you know, just like let things slide. Yeah. Because if I call them out on this and I hold them accountable, well, they might not like me. Right. 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 It's huge. And, and I didn't, I couldn't, I wasn't to the point where I actually liked myself yet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The burden of leadership is a huge deal that people constantly like, Oh, you're so lucky you get to do this thing. You're so lucky you get to do this thing. Like I intend I have to piss people off weekly by saying, like, hey, this thing you did doesn't fit, or this thing you did needs to be better. And I know you're trying, and we still need more out of you, or this direction I'm about to take the place. I know you think I'm I'm wrong here. Mm. There's a reason I'm in charge, and there's a reason why this whole thing exists, but that's not fun.
1: No, it uh, weighs on you a lot holding yeah. people accountable. We, we talked about this, like leading by example only works when you first set the example. Of course, you have to set the example yourself, but it's not going to work unless you hold other people accountable around you, if you, unless you hold the line. If you don't hold the line, you're probably just going to get really frustrated because you're going to be like, why isn't everybody understanding what to do through osmosis? without you t- without you actually being <laughs> direct and telling
0: them what they need to do. If mind reading is one of the values of your company, you're essentially <laughs> fucked. There you go. He's going to throw that out there. <laughs> oh, brother. I love it. You, so you guys, real quick, you guys just had a new product come out, the drink. I love it. Everybody at the workshop last weekend loved it. Can you talk a little bit about the courage or the decision or both rather to launch something new and launch something big, as opposed to just kind of kicking back and being like, "Yeah, we're just going to sell the shit that sells." How how yeah. was that whole process for you personally? <laughs> Hard,
1: <laughs> 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 and still not as successful as I wanted it to be. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean it, it's it was it's been one of the most challenging products that we've created. So we released a drink. Called euphoria. And the whole design behind this product was replace the midday caffeine with a beverage that one tastes really good, but has all of these ingredients in it that serve as almost like a, a nootropic, something that's going yeah. to help with your mental clarity and your focus and your energy. But also like replace caffeine and not create a drink that's similar to everything else that's on the market. And we bit off probably more than we could chew in the very beginning. It took us almost a year to develop. There was so much we didn't know about putting certain ingredients into a beverage, about how you manufacture it, about how you flavor it. So it was definitely a brave decision and a bold decision. And it's yeah. and part of the continuation of just looking at problems in the world and saying, how can we offer a solution? Yeah. Uh, Most of us are over caffeinated. We end the day with caffeine still in our system. Our, our, our health, the foundation of our health is sleep. If you're not sleeping, you're not going to be healthy. You're going to be standing on an unstable foundation. Mm -hmm. If you end the day with caffeine in your system, you're fighting an uphill battle. And the half-life of caffeine is close to 12 hours. So Mm -hmm. if you're drinking caffeine at noon, you're going to sleep with caffeine in your system Right. And this is something that Michael Pollan talks about in his newest book. Uh, uh, something
0: is it, does it change your brain?
1: Change it was after change your mind. Oh, okay. It was something about all about mind. plants, why we love plants, or something like that. But he talks yeah. about caffeine, and he said we just all live caffeinated. Mm-hmm. Our baseline is caffeinated. We don't don't we don't know what it's like to be un non caffeinated, whatever that might yeah. be, have no caffeine in our system, and yeah. so. know we said we're going to go after we're going to go after this problem and we do have products that are similar to this but we want to create an experience for individuals so it was a different form factor something Mm. that we haven't seen very many companies do very well out there in the marketplace and part of our core value of responsibility is lead by example and be trailblazers Mm. so if, if we're going to be a trailblazer there's a forest and there needs to be a trail here where we're going to create the trail and see where this leads us. Um, And that's the example we set. So uh, it's been awesome. It's been, it's been great. We, I'm super proud of the product tastes great. Uh, It it. works really well. And uh, it's part of just the continuation of trying to solve problems and help people feel their best.
0: Love it, man. Beautiful. I appreciate you sharing that. And I appreciate you coming in and just sharing all of this. I said so many times in the, like cured plug for you guys sponsoring this podcast before it was a thing of saying like, I love this product and love this guy before the product, before the podcast existed, before there was ever a talk of sponsorship, it was just like, Hey, this is something to follow. This is a company to follow. This is a movement to follow. This is a human to follow. This is an example to follow and their shit works. Like that's Mm -hmm. always the last, like, yeah, by the way, this stuff, this stuff really works too. Uh, Mm (laughs) but lots of people shit shit works and they're just a shit company or they're 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 in it for the wrong reasons it's you said it's just their stuff works um so thank you truly for setting an example for for all of us in the business world and for me personally uh for folks who are interested in finding more about cured finding more about you have a podcast the drink coming out your products all the things where can they go
1: Yeah, I I would just go to my Instagram Joseph Sheehy. You'll find the Cured Nutrition uh, Instagram on there, the website and everything. But that's S H E E H E Y on Instagram, and you can find all the other things from there. Keep it one hub, Cured Nutrition, and uh, yeah, that's that's where the drink is too. Really appreciate you having me on, brother, and love you right back, man. Like you've been you've been crucial to me becoming the person that I am. And thank you for that always, because there's there's not really words to express how grateful I am for you.
0: Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. And we're going to have you on again in six months after you've sold the fuck out of this drink and whatever new new thing that you got going on. All right, guys. Have a great the supply day.
1: chain holds up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cheers, Joe. <laughs> Thanks, brother.
0: This is Trevor Bohm signing off on another episode of the Uncivilized Podcast. If you enjoyed this please give us a share give us a five-star rating on itunes and if you're interested in getting a hold of my book man uncivilized whether you're a man or a woman please go to www.manuncivilized.com forward slash the book and get reading